0: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the Biblical Five-Point Covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from the
1: Center for Ethical Galvanism What? (laughs) It's the award winning Worldview Media Podcast. I didn't even know. What did we win? We are the 2017 winner of the prestigious Potty Award (laughs) for Best Media Focused Worldview Podcast.
2: I thought it was going to be for being the most frivolous podcast. On the the Reconstruction. You don't get an award for that, other
1: than than just the satisfaction that we are.
2: Sometimes you get the odd looks, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Maybe Uh, it's just because I'm with you. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Submit, woman.
2: (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) All right, all right. Hey,
1: now. Hey, now. Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network, your one stop audio shop for all your dominionizing needs. And this week we are taking a look at the Netflix series, The Frankenstein Chronicles. Where's that Frankenstein?
3: I think it's Frankenstein. But it could be
2: Frankenstein.
1: (laughs) Right. I hear there are some family members who prefer it that way. (laughs) They prefer
3: to go by Frankenstein.
0: (laughs) And this
1: is a movie starring Boromir Sean Sean Bean as As Detective John Marlott. Yeah, John Marlott. And he's in early 19th century London town.
2: And <laughs> yep, London he's a
1: detective there originally trying to find the perpetrators of a See? string of child kidnappings.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, But at,
1: at the, on the other, uh, that's not all he's doing. It, sure. The thing starts with him coming upon the scene of a dead body that's washed up. On the banks of the Thames.
2: Uh And the the dead body is a small child, several small children. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so this dead body is, is a girl, but on closer inspection, it's a girl's body that's been sewn together from several different donor bodies, apparently. Yeah. It's pretty gruesome.
2: Yeah, seven or eight once they take it all apart.
1: Yeah, and so then the interesting uh crazy thing is that as Marlett is uh investigating and touching the body here and there, looking at the stitching uh-huh. on the wrist, he's convinced that it moves and, and Yeah, uh,
3: and grabs him a little.
1: Yeah, but just barely and like I like a
2: reflex type thing.
1: Yeah, and I think for a while he talks himself out of thinking that there's much to that.
2: Right. Well he's got some other issues going on too. Marlett has issues. Really?
1: <laughs> Actually that's one of the things that I really enjoy about season one at least. We haven't we haven't progressed through season two, so but in season one Marlett's a very interesting character.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause he is suffering from syphilis, Mm -hmm. and back in that day, that was it. That was there was not much to be done about that. Yeah, and so he's basically got a death sentence hanging over him. Uh And before it kills him, it's going to drive him crazy. And everybody knows, everybody who is aware of syphilis knows that that's what's coming. Right, he knows it's coming. And the medical treatment that he does get from somebody is to ingest mercury pills and
2: That's great. Mercury <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mercury pills all by themselves will drive you nutty, right? Yeah. That's where that's where we get the expression of the mad hatter.
3: huh. Because of the fumes. Hat and stuff. makers
1: were yeah. breathing in mercury and it uh-huh. made them crazy.
2: Doctors aren't what they used to be, huh? <laughs>
1: right it's so much better now
2: (laughs) is it is it sure sure
1: (laughs) and so anyway on top of struggling with this disease he's also dealing with an apparently gigantic load of guilt his wife and his baby are both dead we get this information and flashbacks and kind of crazed visions here and there and he obviously feels responsible for their deaths Uh and a lot of his visions focus on the prospect of meeting his family in the afterlife at some Mm. point. Yeah. So Marla and most of the people around him are at least nominal Christians, meaning you wouldn't call them Muslims or Buddhists. I mean, they're, they're immersed in a culture that has been influenced by Christianity. Uh-huh. And so he has some psalms memorized and and he's familiar with scripture and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, he may not be a great guy or anything. He may not be actually regenerate, but he's a nominal Christian at least with a basically Christian worldview. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so very interesting as he is as he's investigating particularly the kidnapping of one girl mm-hmm. that he's hoping well, to find alive she's missing yeah yeah
0: it's he's hoping to dead. find her alive <laughs> and
1: and you knocked my train off the truck you
2: gotta stop and do nothing. <laughs> i don't
1: even know what i was going to talk about there missing girl yeah, I got that, but I was going to... Uh, oh, boy. Okay, well, there's there's a, a separate kind of minor storyline. For the first season, the major storyline is trying to find this girl. Mm-hmm. And minor storyline, you have this weird kind of Frankenstein thing going on. And he runs into a small conspiracy of kind of radical scientists who are using this process called galvanism where they're going to try to electrical shock dead people back to life. And uh-huh. and so he runs into this society and one of the members of the society is actually Mary Shelley, the author of Ooh. Frankenstein. Yeah, uh-huh. And I remember reading somewhere in real life that Mary Shelley was into some weirdness.
3: Yeah, and, that's probably very true.
1: Have you heard anything like
2: that? I stay away from things like that.
3: Yeah, you're not a
1: big horror <laughs> genre fan. Okay, so he meets up with Mary Shelley, and she is weird in this one in terms of she's obviously dabbling in uh, extreme science that borders on mysticism and stuff like that, and and the people that she is involved with are obviously not good people,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and. So hilarity ensues as sure. the investigation proceeds, and he has pressures on him from his bosses because it begins to look like maybe the galvanism bad guys really go all the way up to the top of the government in London and stuff well, like that. and the that. person
2: that sets him on this charge isn't the police, it's... The home
3: secretary. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. It's a government official.
1: It's a higher government official than any of the police. Yeah. All right, so anyway, that first I don't want to give anything away in the first season, but the season finale has a really neat swerve to it in terms of by the time you get there, you think the the missing girl thing has been solved, and that we know who the bad guys are uh-huh. and Becomes apparent in that last in that season finale that oops, we got swerved (laughs) and (laughs)
2: uh,
1: I for one didn't catch it. I don't normally catch these things like mom does, but I didn't catch it until it was there, (laughs) and then and then I was like whoa, uh, whoa, and but then once once that swerve happens though.
3: You're like oh now
1: you see that something really weird is gonna take place and you see that coming from a little ways off and and uh, it's just uh mm-hmm. I think in that sense the storytelling has been really well done so uh, I'm trying to say I think that Boromir does a great job Shawn as an Bean. actor <laughs> <Sean Bean. laughs> I really think he's a great actor in this he normally doesn't show up as. A leading man or a good guy, even. Well, I think his knows? career has been mostly bad guys. <laughs> and But I liked him in The Lord of the Rings. I liked him in The First National Treasure. And here, I think he's excellent. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the character he's playing is very complex. Right. And you can kind of read the complexity in his expressions. Yeah. And... I think think it's fantastic the job that he does. And then, like I say, the storytelling is deft in terms of being able to kind of have these two investigations going side by side. And you think the major one is over here. It turns out being over here. Uh And then right at the end, like I say, the swerve hits and I'm... freaked out. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: so I'm looking forward to season two. And, as and season for, one is just six episodes, yeah. so it's really not... Well, they're both just six episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're little short things. And so, I really like just about everything about it. I think the costuming is great, the production yeah. value is really high, mm-hmm. the makeup, special the effects, what the there scenery. is, yeah. is really good. And so... I, as of right now, I really recommend it. I think there's one scene, because people like to know about this sort of thing. There's one scene where they're chasing a bad guy, and he runs through a room where there's a woman who was just nursing a baby. And I think, if I, I think, it happens so quickly, but I think she's topless for, like, less than a second. and yeah, it's probably. Definitely, she goes to, like... It's definitely not nudity that they linger on, and and she was nursing and all this. It still didn't need to be there, but less than a second. As I think back on it, I can't even was she really topless? I don't I don't really know. And mm. so, what are your overall thoughts about it? And I've talked a lot about it, so y'all talk now.
3: <laughs> what do you think, Mom?
2: <laughs> well. This isn't really a genre that I normally do. It's supposed to be horror and scary, and it's really a, a good detective story. You know, it's got some some macabre things in it, probably, but it's not really horror for the sake of blood and guts and, you know, right. the scare your, scare your pants off type <laughs> of thing, <laughs> you know, where you have these things lurching around and stuff. So I really see it more as a detective story that's set within... Um, something that we normally see is, is a horror story. And what is going on really is, um, it is horrific that children are disappearing. And But, you know, yeah. we don't see kids being caught and trapped and killed. And they really could have gone a whole nother way with this in the production, and um, they didn't. So I think that was really very smart of them to make it yeah. a little bit more um, head scary instead of just, you know... Just blood, guts, and gore and gross you out type of stuff. <laughs> right. Because they could have gone that way.
1: I guess I don't think of it as a horror series at all.
3: Yeah, no, I don't either.
1: And now here at the very last, it's it's it started out since the time they found that amalgamated body. It had that weirdness to it, and you knew there were people trying to do the Frankenstein thing yeah. with dead bodies. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really... That really doesn't come to the forefront no. throughout most of the first season. And like Mom says, it's really a lot about just this detective and his dogged determination to find the missing girl. Right. In spite of the setbacks that he's got going on within him. So uh, season two might get a little bit more traditional horror story but even though i can't even say that it's already started off on a way that it can't really get there
3: yeah yeah yeah, that's right just because of (laughs) factors (laughs) right things that happen (laughs)
1: the monster that we have seen is never going to be scary yeah we can say that
3: maybe you don't know no i think that's probably right (laughs)
1: <laughs> but it is really kinda of icky and uh it's unnerving a yeah. lot of the things in
3: it. It's kinda of psychological maybe.
1: So overall what were your opinions of it?
3: I uh I I like it. I feel like it's all quality stuff, the costumes and the sets and, and the writing has been really good so far and mm. and he he really is acting very well. He's yeah. an actor. <laughs> he's quality, yeah, yeah, and uh, I feel like the characters are all interesting characters. Like even the more sort of minor people who who we, you know, we know a little bit, but yeah. not as well as like our main. Aren't guy. as well
2: developed, and still they're good, and they're
3: still interesting people. Like the the police guy who's like their boss. Oh. No, the other guy. I even think he's interesting. Like mm. I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of a.
2: Good casting.
3: Yeah, a lot of good cast and and uh,
1: good characters.
3: Good characters and
1: yeah, good writing. It's a well written thing. Yeah. I think. So I'm in terms of that, I'm two
2: thumbs up. I I really enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, you see it and you're like, well, I don't know, and <laughs> it's it's worth a view. So
1: yeah. All right, so let's take our break and we'll come back and talk world view. the thing that won us the award. <laughs> Are you
3: interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help.
1: Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com.
0: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology,
1: And we're back on the Worldview Media Podcast. And while we were listening to the commercial, <laughs> uh Joyce pointed out that this movie or this series is actually pretty brand new. It was just released in February of twenty eighteen. So uh, it's fresh, except for all the corpses. And Ooh,
3: stuff. those are those are mm-hmm. fresh too. Some, Some of them are more yeah, fresh right. than others. They don't even use
1: the ones that aren't fresh. Yeah,
2: you can't use those. <laughs>
1: All right, so we want to talk more themes and worldview. Mm -hmm. Anybody have anything?
2: Well, I think one of the episodes, and I couldn't check without actually going into Netflix, was about um, A World Without God. That was the title of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of uh, thinking about, well, you know, if this is reanimating dead people, then is that A World Without God? Is that something that then he's that negates his validity you know that he's no longer a real entity it's just a fairy tale we imagine these things because yeah you know god is the person who gives life and takes it away and so if somebody else can give it back then yeah does he really God's give it to begin it, it. yeah
1: he's not in charge maybe people are mm. well and there's a world view thing in that and one thing that i really kind of appreciate about this movie is that it doesn't it doesn't make Christians look stupid. You know? Yeah. The uh, Marlet himself is a believer. Uh, now he's run into a bit of a crisis of faith at the end of the <laughs> series, but yeah. at the end of the season. But he's a believer, and he instinctually knows that the things that are being done by the bad guys are blasphemous and wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's right about that. Yeah. And, uh, right and there's a there's a girl who winds up getting an abortion and and the abortion is done in such a way that I don't want to spoil anything and all that spoiler I don't want to give any spoilers <laughs> but but there's no doubt from the standpoint of the good guys in the story that it was wrong. That that was wrong to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was a horrible thing. Yeah. And it was killing. It was murder. Yeah. yeah. They even call it that. Yeah. You murdered your baby. This this is what happened here. Yeah. And so I really thought that was great. For a little while, it seemed like maybe they were going to head in the direction of well, really, this was the most merciful thing that could be done right. for considering the woman that was involved. And, yeah, but they didn't go that way. Yeah, because uh, it
3: ended up. Well, hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh, right as the story progresses, you see, oh, that yeah, that was horrible. That was horrific. You know? Yeah, and so
3: that it actually was a a sign of badness to come
1: yeah and really like i say that does get horrific the the badness that was involved in that
2: but you see that reflected in what goes on in our abortion industry today is that well we have this matter and so what can we do with it how can we best utilize these things and and that is just as as blasphemous I mean I think that's worse to take baby parts and this, these discarded poor little things and then turn around and turn them to manufacture them into something else
1: yes medicine or something yeah, yeah and they
2: right. you know that's they do it yeah they do yeah they do and nobody wants to talk about that nobody wants to recognize that that really is an industry and it's getting a product and using that product and it doesn't matter how the product's got
1: right it really winds up being cannibalism, I mean, just in a, different, yeah. in a different form, you're not actually tasting the flesh, but
2: But if people were to know and realize what was going on with that, I would hope that
1: Well, you would hope <laughs> you would hope because, they would well, get freaked don't, out. About they don't it, think
2: they don't think about that.
1: You're talking about you hope the average person out on the streets who would hear about aborted babies being used in medicine and stuff, mm-hmm. that they would recoil at that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have come to believe that the people that are really in favor of abortion, if they're willing to do it and understand that they're murdering a baby when they do it, and that doesn't change their opinion at all, I don't think they'll care what's done with the corpse after they do it. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, a hardened heart is a hardened yeah. heart, you know.
2: Well, and I don't think that was the way it was in the beginning. I don't think that's what was happening.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure with regard to Roe v. Wade and how long after that was that was made the quote unquote law of the land even though the Supreme Court doesn't make law. Uh how long after that
2: did before they baby said, parts "But wait, start what are we going to do with this right. abundance?" Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so these are issues that do kind of find their way into the Frankenstein Chronicles and I think in a in a in a respectful way. I mean, <laughs> not prom- it's definitely not being promoted yeah. as a right. good thing. It's part of the horror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's very interesting and to me so then i think there's interesting stories to tell there what if what if the the nominal christian believers do run across this person who was dead and now has been raised to some form of life now what it, does that shake their worldview or what do you do with that and so i think a lot of that is really interesting
2: mm mm-hmm anything else strike you worldview wise well there's another part where two people are talking and they say heaven has been closed to us because of what we've done yeah that they're uh fallen creatures that they're abominations so to say but the reality is that that is your status without being saved without christ oh sure you know that Heaven is closed to you. And it doesn't matter if you've done something, you know, terrible, like killing somebody. Sin is sin, and heaven is closed to you. And so, for them to say, well, because of this thing...
1: Now I'm going to... <laughs> now I'm really bad, you
2: know. That, right. That's the whole issue to begin with, is that it's not a scale of bad. <laughs> you were bad before. It's all right? bad, and heaven is closed to humanity because of our sin. Yeah
1: yeah and then correlating with that is guilt, and I think guilt is a really kind of a kind of a major theme in at least the first season yeah and how much guilt is on the shoulders of Marlet. Mm-hmm. and and I think that's a real thing guilt will guilt will crush you as fast as unforgiveness will you know
2: yeah and, <laughs> the flip side of the court.
1: <laughs> All right. Last podcast we were talking about unforgiveness, and and now we're talking about guilt. But you know, if you if you have some understanding of Christianity, then uh, it's oxymoronic then for you to go around wallowing in guilt because now you've just said, "Well, I used to think the blood was enough for me, the blood of Jesus," and and now I now I'm done. (laughs) You know, how can that be? And so the resolution is the same in both instances. You really have to trust in the sovereignty of God and trust that the sacrifice of Christ really, really was enough Mm -hmm. where you'll either be crushed with unforgiveness or with guilt. Mm. And at least with guilt though, my experience has been find somebody that really understands their guilt they're not far from the kingdom of God at that point because the general reaction to feelings of guilt is just some form of escapism or hand waving and ignore it or mm. don't think about it yeah. so if you find somebody that really is under a load of guilt now there's somebody who might like to hear the actual gospel and yeah. find about find out about being released. Mm. And so it is it's an interesting part of the story to see that the main character struggling so much with guilt and self-loathing, self-hatred yeah. and and really not having much of a will to live at, at points because and I think there's also something to be said about l- limits of science not in terms of what humans can accomplish because Frankly, I won't get into why I think this, but I think the Bible teaches that the horizons for what humans can accomplish are way farther off than we have thought. I think we put our minds to it, we can do whatever we want to do. It's just... Well, and so I don't think that Christians can fear that, and I don't think that Christians ought to be hesitant to back that or to cheer it when it happens. Technological advances... Tend to release humanity from bad things right. you know, and makes life easier and cheaper for everybody and so that's something that we should get behind, however I think what does get explored in this series is the idea that although our achievements may may seem unlimited in terms of what the potential for humanity is technologically mm-hmm. Uh, there are limits to what science can do when it comes to morality and, and ethics. and Really, science by itself has no way of saying what's moral and what yeah. isn't. And, right. and you kind of see that happening in this story as well. And that's why the good guys, the characters that you're supposed to cheer for in this series, are the ones who understand that if these evil scientists are able to do what they're looking at doing, it's not going to be better for humanity. It's going to bring about a hell on earth. And, right. and so they really see this as, you know, the whole human race is at stake here. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense in which that's true from what they're talking about. So, Christians need to be very, uh, I think, we need to be very steadfast in pointing out in the midst of technological advance that not every advance for the sake of advancement is good just because we can do a thing doesn't mean we should Mm. and doesn't even mean that we should try and the boundaries of course have to be the same boundaries as everywhere else which is the law of god of course i doubt that this series will get to that point (laughs) uh, of making that uh, particular statement but it is interesting to watch how this works out.
2: Well, even for the detective, for John, you know, he definitely sees boundaries and this is right and this is wrong. And he's yeah. yeah. pretty much clear cut. I mean, I haven't seen him be very gray right. in what, he's, what he thinks.
1: Right. He wouldn't even let the two people who were not related to him but were engaged... He put his foot down and wouldn't let them live together. <laughs> After the wedding, yeah, that's fine. But not until yeah. it was yeah. kind of refreshing just to see that sort of. And thing. she
2: was just she was a nobody. I mean, nobody would have cared. Yeah, right. and nobody did care about her.
1: Right, except for him. Yeah. So, uh, really, really very interesting. There's another worldview issue that I think we see here, and it's the the issue of classes and. Oh and how at that time it was still in kind of a what would you call it edwardian era where mm-hmm. there was a nobility and then there were commoners and then below the commoners even there was this basically a class of untouchables uh, lived yeah. in filth and squalor and mm-hmm. and all that and you do see in this in this series you see the people of power routinely believing that because they can take advantage of people beneath them then it's probably fine for them to do that. It's just right. natural.
3: Yeah.
1: And so they have a really evolutionary theory about things that you're, you're less strong than I am, and therefore you must be there to facilitate my survival and not necessarily your own. Mm. So that's interesting to see that. And then again, to see that the bad guys in that are the bad guys in the series. They're not paraded around as being somehow good or anything like that. So, as a Christian guy watching the series, I didn't feel like I was being insulted at any point. No. (laughs) No,
3: it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's like all the bad guys really are bad guys. (laughs) Right. And they...
1: (laughs) They haven't yet tried very hard to blur the lines and make you feel like, well, maybe the bad guy is right. You know, that, no, hasn't, that yeah. hasn't happened yet.
3: It's all very down the line.
1: <laughs> right. All right, anything else? We're about at the end of our time. Anything else anybody want to say?
3: Did you have any issues? Did I have any issues? Yeah. I don't have any issues. No worldview issues? Uh, no worldview issues. <laughs> She's
1: got issues.
3: (laughs) All right. That's it. Well, we talked about all the stuff that I was thinking.
1: (sighs) All right, very good. Well, I think that means we're done.
2: So So watch this. It's really it's worth a watch. Yeah, check
1: out the Frankenstein Chronicles. We're enjoying it. If you trusted
2: us about the crown, trust us about this.
1: (laughs) Did anybody trust us about the crown? Aaron
2: did. Hey Aaron. Try the Chronicles. Oh, (laughs) okay. All
0: right.
1: All right. Very good. Well, thank you all. Go out and dominionize for the sake of Christ. See you all.
0: Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.